This episode of the Craft Sanity Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you who donated $1 a month through Craft Sanity's Patreon page. Learn more at CraftSanity.com. Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast, an interview show all about art, craft, and creativity. Well, if you couldn't express yourself, how would you de-stress yourself? And if you couldn't make and build and sing, and knit and paint and dance and spin, would you go crazy? Well, if you're going crazy, here's something amazing. Hello and welcome to episode 183. This episode is a little bit different. It's kind of a mini episode. I realized that one of the yarn shops right in my backyard here in West Michigan uh, was having an anniversary, a kind of special anniversary, 35 years in business. Yes, that is a long, long time, especially for an independent business. So I think it's pretty fabulous and I wanted to give a shout out to the folks at Country Needleworks in Jenison, Michigan. And the owners have been longtime business partners and friends. This business was started by Barb Langrack and Cheryl Van Heitzma. I was able to talk to Barb. I was not able to reach Cheryl. Uh, Cheryl's actually out of town. I just wanted to talk a little bit with Barb about how she kept her business going as long as she has. I'm always interested in how independent small businesses get started. One of the things that I just want to point out here is that when my magazine came out, you know, I'm trying to find a home for this thing and trying to make it easy for local people to buy it from me. I did not have like a long established relationship with Barb. When I came out with the magazine, Country Needleworks very quickly stepped up to support what I was doing. That really has meant a lot to me. This is not a paid advertisement or anything like that. This is just a story about how local folks have been very supportive of each other. Have a listen to Barb telling the story behind Country Needleworks. And, you know, I think some of the things she's saying are going to be applicable to what you're trying to do with your Etsy shop, or maybe you're trying to have a brick and mortar shop. Some of the key things that she talks about as far as what they can, what they did to set up their business, I think these are universal. I just think it's a great story when you know a, a local yarn shop is open for 35 years. I think that's fantastic. And their shop is actually not just a yarn shop. It's like a yarn shop plus. <laughs> so you'll hear more about that. I want to thank ACS Home and Work for continuing to partner with the Craft Sanity Podcast to keep these things going. These podcasts, it's it's so fun to be able to continue to talk to you folks every week. And I also want to give a shout out to my Patreon sponsors. These are individuals who just feel a connection to the show and uh, support it. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And 10 years in, it's still, it still is unbelievable to me <laughs> that people listen to this. So, uh, you know, it's because I, I can't see you folks, um, but I really appreciate you. And thank you so much for, for all your support. Okay, so settle on the project. Knitting would be appropriate today, but do what you can. I can't actually knit right now because I broke my finger. 
I know it's so silly, but at least I can still talk about knitting. There's nothing wrong with my mouth. <laughs> I can still talk about knitting. And I'm going to live vicariously through all you folks clicking away during this show. All right. So let's settle in for this conversation with Barb from Country Needleworks. Barb, I just want to first say congratulations for keeping your business uh, going strong for 35 years. That's pretty awesome. Well, thank you. <laughs> what I'm hoping to glean from you today are some secrets to success for all the people out there who are running handmade businesses. I know I'm really glad that you and Cheryl teamed up to open Country Needleworks uh, 35 years ago. And, and I'm interested in just hearing about how that started. Uh, first of all, how did you meet Cheryl and cook up this plan? We met at Fenstermacher's. I worked um, at the Alger Heights store, and Cheryl worked at the Jenison store. Now, tell me the name of the store again, because I didn't grow up in West Michigan, and I'm from the Detroit area, so I'm not as familiar with this store. But what is the name of the store again? It was Fenstermacher's Fabric and Yarns, owned by uh, a local gentleman named Ralph Fenstermacher. And he, it was a pretty legendary store. It was amazing. Excellent quality fabrics and yarns. He would go on buying trips to Greece to buy his holiday metallics. He would go to, yes, England and Ireland to buy his woolens. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yes, and then he had a warehouse on Monroe. And uh, when I was younger in the summer, then they'd ask some of the younger girls to go there and roll things onto boards from these giant rolls that would come in from Europe. It was really fun. And how but, old were you when you worked there? Uh, I started when I was 16. It's the only other job that I've had. So yeah, we worked there until um, we started the store. And for, yeah, seven years at Alger Heights. And then uh, when I married Ken, we moved to Jenison, and then I uh, transferred to that store for four years. So I worked there, it was 11 years. And then things changed, things are so cyclical, and I believe um, or Mr. Fenstermacher sold out to some people who worked there and moved to Florida, where I understand he started, could it be ice cream shops and postal delivery. He was really an entrepreneur. But after a few years, it wasn't quite the same, and uh, they decided to close. So by that time, I had met Cheryl because she was working in Jenison. When they closed, it's funny because both our husbands said, well, why don't you ladies start it? You enjoy it? You love it? Give it a go. So we did. Wow. So you guys got that. I didn't realize you had this whole like training previously in a very similar business. That really helped. Yeah, I can imagine yeah. it did. But um, but you don't sell fabric. You sell a lot of things besides we, yarn and patterns. And why don't you talk we, a little bit about your when you were deciding like, OK, we're not, uh, you know, how did you come up with the name and, and how long did it take you to execute the plan between when Festmarkers closed and you were you know, in business for yourself? Well, I think we knew that summer, if I remember, that they were closing. And um, then we started looking for a space and deciding on vendors and everything. It took maybe six months or so. 
And the name originally was going to be Needleworks, but someone else had already claimed that name in Michigan, so we became Country Needleworks. <laughs> that was Cher's idea. <laughs> yeah, and when we um, first opened, it was we were only um, 1,300 square feet, but we did have quilting. Actually, we had quilting for a good 20-some years. Quilting, we had needlepoint, cruel, pounded cross-stitch, yarn. Over the years, we've had folk art painting, basket making, just anything. It was sort of spurred by whatever the girls working here were interested in. So if they came in and were excited about something, especially if they wanted to teach a class, we were all about that, and we'd jump in for a little while. Some things were just trends, and they didn't last too long, but they were really fun while they lasted. Remember Friendly Plastic? Or are you too young? No, is that, is that the canvas plastic? <laughs> no, this was actually um, a plastic that you would cut and put in a toaster oven. And people were, this was during the Dynasty television program. People were making these giant earrings and necklaces. It, it was... Was it like shrinking inks in a way? A, a little bit. It didn't shrink, but it bonded together, and it, it was really it was really fun while it lasted. <laughs> How did that stuff smell in the oven? Uh, not bad. Okay, all right. Not bad. And yeah, we taught classes in that, and that was fun for a while, too. Certain things like that, they just zip in and zip out, you know, unlike categories that stay very stable like yarn and quilting, although we did get out of quilting because Fields Fabrics became our neighbors, and then it just seemed like a logical thing to do to focus on yarn and let quilting go. They do an amazing job with that. So, Did that hit you pretty hard, though, when that happened, though, when a, a fabric store opened next door? I mean, was that kind of a jarring thing, or was that just kind of like, okay, well, we'll focus on, on the yarn? It, you know, different things take you by surprise. You you just don't know what's going to happen. And I can't say we were excited when that happened, but it was it almost, you can see that it was a logical move for us, and maybe that was a little push we needed. Because right now, for people who are wondering what you stock, what what is your main, uh, if you can maybe just describe your business for the folks who, who live further away and may have not had a chance to, to pop in. The majority of it is yarn, moderate to really luxury yarns, lots of samples. So if you come in, you can find sweaters, hats, scarves, all kinds of things that inspire you. You may not do the same color, the same exact style, but you'll get to see how things look knit up and and try on too, see what sizes would be best for you. So lots of yarn. We also do a really great business still in stamping and scrapbooking. Uh, three of the girls here do stamp parties that we get a phenomenal response to. About every six weeks they'll have a party and they'll do five classes in a matter of three days and they're always full. Yes, it's really fun and people leave with three cards. So it's um, it's really inexpensive and they just have a blast. Well, that's really that's interesting. A, yeah, because that's not something that a typical yarn shop has. No, we always 
branched out a little bit. For instance, almost from the beginning, we had a giftware department just because we like it. (laughs) (laughs) We find our customers like it too. It's just a kind of a little cheery on the top of the Sunday kind of thing. So we do have some giftware, greeting cards and all kinds of home decoration things. And counted cross-stitch, we still have that. That was um, one of the categories we had when we started, too. And there still is a strong following for that because one by one, a lot of the stores that used to carry that no longer do or have gone out. And let's see, what am I forgetting? Oh, beads, yes. We still have a really neat um, selection of beads and lots of handmade necklaces, earrings, things to give you good ideas for that too. Would you say one of the key parts of running a successful business is to really follow your own instincts? That's funny because when we were having babies, we had a lot of baby gift wear. When we had, when our kids uh, became teenagers and we had things like, not Hello Kitty, but that kind of stuff, cute, sparkly sparkly stuff and now we're into more home decor just for us so it is funny it kind of follows what you're interested in and hmm, it seems to work I'm curious about what got you into knitting I mean did you know how to knit before you got that job as a teenager or were you into crafting uh since childhood yes um Yes, I I really enjoyed making things, even when I was small. Um, A babysitter taught me to knit when I was 10, and I loved it. I think the first thing I made was a little pair of slippers. And then um, junior high, I started making sweaters and fenstermachers again. I, I have a history with them because they were in Alger Heights. Actually, it was the same building that the Grand Skeen took over. That was Fenstermacher's only twice as big. And downstairs they had a beautiful yarn shop with a huge table. And once in a while my mom would drop me off there for an hour or so if I got stuck on how to pick up stitches around a neck or something. And they were just wonderful people. And they'd help me. And so I was able, yeah, I wore sweaters in high school that I made and it, it was fun really enjoyable. They were helpful, friendly. I guess that was an excellent example for me too. So then when it came time to look for a job when I was 16, I thought, hmm, what a great place to work. Yeah, it like, sounds like, when, a, what, yeah, it sounds like a great idea. <laughs> what a great, I worked in a pizza place starting when I was 14. And let me just tell you, I would have much rather worked at Festimacher's. <laughs> I I didn't actually work downstairs in the yarn area because I love to sew, too. And so um, I I worked upstairs. And then I started sewing more than knitting for a while. And that was fun, too. But it, it was great to work for a company that was so focused on customer service and beautiful things and just making shopping a great experience. That That was really set a high standard, so I'm grateful for that. How has your business changed in 35 years? Because How old were you when you started it? 28. Okay, so you're 28. That, you got, that was young for a business owner, for independent business owner. That's pretty young. So, you know, you were 
coming on the scene with many years of experience, though, over a decade of experience in the exact business that you were launching into. Um, but how have things changed for you over the years? Um, boy, that's a good question. How have they changed? It, in a way, it hasn't changed at all because it is still as much fun every single day to come to work as it always oh, has been. Oh, that's so been. great. Oh, it, it's so enjoyable because you get to do a little bit of everything from merchandising to marketing to buying. Oh, how I wish I had a little more business uh, classes in college. That would have been a great idea. And if I knew then what I knew now. What in particular do you wish you would have studied? Uh, business. Yeah, I have a Bachelor of Arts from Calvin, but it's in art. So very, very practical, isn't it? If only I had taken some business classes. Uh-huh. Well, it and sounds like you've made it work for 35 years. You know? <laughs> well, it's been a blessing. You know, many doors have opened, and I do understand it's providence. You know, it's a blessing because there have been so many wonderful stores that have closed, and how do you explain it? They were amazing. The people that ran them were wonderful. They had great merchandise, and so I, I just thank God for it. It's a blessing. Tell me about that first week when you opened. You guys opened. Oh. What happened <laughs> when you opened? Oh, yeah, we're so excited, you know. Oh, what is this going to be? You have no clue. You buy the things that you think will sell, that people will like. You know, you spend a whole lot of money. You open your door. So I believe we opened um, on a Wednesday, and wow, we did $400. The next day, we did $200, and the third day, we did $100. My husband just laughed, and he said, well, I'll help you pick everything up this weekend. Because it, it did not look like a good trend at that point. <laughs> so what happened? I mean, how how long did it take for, you know, a community to kind of, people realize you were there and start, because now you have people buzzing in and out of there all the time. And there's a community that's formed. You have your knitting groups. You have people coming in to make cards. I mean, things are, are solid now, but how long did that take to, to really build that community? Well, we just hung in there, and gradually it got a little better and a little better. And, yeah, it's hard to explain. We didn't give up. We weren't ready to give up, even though my husband, you know, thought that was so funny. But um, it, it took a while, but it's it's just been fun ever since the beginning. It, the people, the customers, the people we work with are just wonderful, that's what makes you want to keep going in spite of slow times sometimes. You just grit your teeth and try to ride through it. So, How big is your staff? Well, it varies. I think we right now, I'd have to go count, but we have maybe about 14, but all part-time. Uh, have you ladies been able to pay yourself the whole time that you've been in business? Or did you have to kind of work up to that? No, actually we did. So that, that's that been wonderful too. 
it's not a lot. If you, if you think that you're going to go into this business and make a lot of money, <laughs> maybe some people do. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but it sounds like you're happy, though. I mean. Oh, yes. Very, very happy. I'm definitely at a stage in my life where I value time and happiness above everything else. I don't know if you have any advice for other people who are, you know, if there's someone sitting at home in their studio thinking, geez, I just want to open a shop or I want to launch my handmade business, you know, and take it out of my house. Mm -hmm. uh, do, what advice do you have for those folks? What do you wish you would have known before you started? I think we did it the way I would advise somebody is to start small. Don't invest huge sums of money that you can't afford to lose and just see what happens. See, you'll get reaction from people. You'll find out if you're on the right path or not. And don't, right, just take it slowly, I guess I would say. Well, it sounds like being patient and starting small has served you well because now your yarn shop is not small. I mean, you are, I mean, how many square feet do you have there now? It's pretty big. I, I'm not exactly sure the exact uh, a mall, but it's it's about three times bigger than when we started. We we gradually took over uh, the rest of this side of the building. Repco Light Paints has always been in the other half, but when we started, there were two businesses behind us. And then as their um, leases expired, we just over the years took a little more and a little more <laughs> until now we have we have one half and Repco Light is other side so yeah that worked out well too because if we had chosen a place where we were landlocked then what do you do it would be a real hassle to have to move so that was a good thing too that this space was available and it, it seemed to suit us really well how has the relationship changed with you and Cheryl because when you met were you in your 20s by the time you guys met uh, yes, well, yes, we had worked, um, I had worked in Jenison for four years, so we knew each other um, all that time and got along great, and it, it's funny because her husband kind of asked her about it, and mine asked me, and we talked to each other and said, well, okay, what have we got to lose? So we did it, and Cher is just the loveliest person. You, you, she's a dear friend, and it's, it was fun, and it's still fun. How key do you think that relationship was to the success of the business? I mean, would you? Is this something you would have done on your own, or do you think no. the fact that you have you're in it together, so that was a big factor? Oh, in it together is big, because it's someone that you bounce ideas off, and vice versa, and. You know, someone that either agrees and says, oh, let's try this, or if you're in doubt and they say, hmm, think about this, I, I don't think that's going to work, then you think, you're right. And it's just, we're really on the same wavelength, and it, it's been great. It, that takes a lot of pressure off, too, is having a partner, because it's not just you wondering or worrying about something and it's just a good thing well thank you you have a great day and i'll see you soon at your shop okay thanks a lot i just want to take an opportunity now to thank barb for agreeing to be on the show she really was not seeking this attention 
which made her all the more appealing to me. <laughs> um, and she cooperated. I appreciate that. And I just want to say, you know, high five to both Barb and Cheryl for keeping a really good thing going all this time. So if you live in West Michigan, head on over to Country Needle Works and give these ladies a high five because it's just such a cool thing to have a homemade independent business, something that you dreamed up out of your head, go on for 35 years. It's fantastic. And I hope this inspired you to think about how you can make your handmade business a little more fantastic or maybe launch that idea you have in your head and you haven't haven't really put it out there yet. This could be the time. I am going to get to work on editing more shows. I have an interview I recorded with the CEO of Creative Bug that I recorded a, a while ago. This is one who's been in the hopper for a while. I'm really excited to bring that podcast to you. And then I have a like a handful more that I recorded a couple weeks ago at the Midwest Craft Con. So and those are going to have some video components. So I'm excited about that. I'm on spring break next week for my job at the college. So that means I can get a lot of craft sanity work done. I'm very excited. Uh, yeah, as you probably have gathered long ago, I'm not much of a break taker. So uh, I'm going to work on some fun craft sanity projects. I'm also going to try to figure out if I can carve with a broken finger. I such I have like really big plans to carve, like do supersize carvings and pull some giant prints with my friend John next week. I'm trying to do what I can to adapt my carving tools. And I'm actually got a, um, a Dremel with a cool attachment that I'm trying to see if I can make this work. I, what I don't want to do is compromise the healing process. There's not really a good time to break a bone. However, this is really ill-timed given that I was really winding up for some extended art and craft sessions. And now... Uh, I'm a little frustrated, but you know what? It's going to be fine. It just means I have to get more creative to figure out the workaround. I am launching my newsletter back up. I'm trying to get on a regular weekly schedule for that. I sent one out last week. If you go to craftsanity.com and click on the newsletter tab, you can sign up for the newsletter. I'm also offering discounts for my Etsy shop there. So if you have had your eye on a magazine or a loom or whatever it is, be sure you sign up for the newsletter because at the very least, if you're like, I don't really care what all this stuff she's written, but you want to get a discount, there's something in it for you. And these are not like purely sales pitches. Um, what this is, is a, my attempt to try to have a dialogue directly with some of you folks. And it's really fun to get some responses back to the newsletter. So that's really fun. So thank you to those of you who are writing back. I'm trying to also respond back to you. I'm just trying to reconnect. I miss writing a weekly column, so I'm trying to see if I can, of course, with a broken finger, typing is kind of crazy hard right now, <laughs> but um, I'm making it work. It's just not super comfortable, but uh, I'm going to be uh, working on a piece about how to craft with a broken finger. And I know that the practicality, like this is not applicable to most people, and it, I hope it's never applicable to you, actually. But hopefully it will be funny. I'm just looking to um, take a page from Abby Glassenberg's book. I mean, she does a kick rear newsletter every week. And so if you haven't signed up for her, her newsletter, it's really great because it never fails. Every single week I open her newsletter and I click on a link. I, at least, I mean, I click on multiple links because I'm like, this is really good information. She finds things on the web that I just have not had time to find myself. And I'm like, wow, thank you, Abby. And it's like this every single week. Her newsletter is different than mine. Mine is a little more reflective of my personality and hers is super organized and very um, efficient. I don't know if I would use those two words to describe me and my approach, but that's okay. We all have something different to offer. So 
If you want to get a little more craft sanity going in your inbox, I promise not to spam you. I will try to just be sending information that hopefully will entertain you. That's really my main goal and help you save some money too if you're trying to purchase something from my shop. So please do sign up for that newsletter. I will also be using the newsletter as a way to communicate about upcoming magazine issues. So when I'm saying, oh, I'm going to be doing a knitting themed issue or I'm doing a food related issue or I'm looking for portable craft projects or whatever the case may be, I will be using that newsletter to kind of put the call out. So if you're interested in appearing in an upcoming podcast or even newsletter article or in the magazine, please do uh, connect there. All right, I'm going to get back to work carefully (laughs) so as to not break another bone. Uh, I really need to, I think, get more calcium in my diet because this is kind of ridiculous. Anyway, I hope you folks have a great weekend. And I will be back here soon with another episode of the podcast. In the meantime, Craft Sanity, my friends, it works for me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Craft Sanity Podcast. To support the show, click the Patreon link at CraftSanity.com to donate $1 a month or buy a handmade loom or magazine at CraftSanity.etsy.com. Same time next week.